that anxiety, that worry, that financial struggle, whatever it is, literally you don't have to walk out of here. You can walk out free in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You have to, though, you have to surrender, like the song says, to his design. You have to surrender to doing it his way. Amen. That's the only way to be free. So if you walk out of here and you are not free, even feeling free, it's because you're still trying to do it on your own. But I guarantee you, and it's tough at first, when we surrender to doing life God's way, it really is free. It's not constricting. Amen. Like this stage. It is. I think it fits me just perfect. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. You know, something else that I wrote down just listening to that song was transformation. I shared my story this morning, my, my transformation, not really my transformation, but Jesus' transformation in me. And it just reminded me, and as I look out, as I was standing back there, as I look forward, all of you that have been absolutely transformed through the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So just giving him some praise this morning, just saying thank you, God, I'm no longer the same man or woman that I used to be. Say something really quick, and then I I want to I want to pray. Remember, we're gonna we're gonna take some time and, and pray together as a church family as we prepare ourselves for 40 days of prayer. Um, so you you prayer people out there and prayer warriors, you don't let me uh, forget to do that each Sunday. So, but I want to say um, the first church I pastored was in Houston, Illinois, and there was uh, a 16 year old half of a set of twins named Spencer Spear that was in the youth group there that I helped along. And he's here with his wife and his son and his wife who's pregnant due with their second child. She's having a little baby girl this Friday. Isn't it crazy how what we're talking about today fits right into that? We're talking about husbands and wives and parents and children and dads and co-workers, uh, uh, employees and employers. So um, let's pray. You get into any position you feel is comfortable for you or help you focus on prayer. Um, I'm going to pray over that core value for us. And would you just agree uh, with me as I pray? Father God, thank you that first and foremost... God, the relationship that you've made available to us with you through Christ is undeniable. It's so, um, um, so gratifying to know that, God, you who are perfect and holy would desire a relationship with each and every one of us who falls so short. God, thank you. Thank you, God, that you've not only provided a way for us to have a relationship with you in a personal way where we can know you intimately, but God, you've provided a way so that we can have a relationship with our spouse that is pleasing in your sight and healthy for us. You've provided a way, God, and you give us instructions and directions on how we can have a relationship with our children that God honors you and benefits them. God, we're so grateful for the relationships that we have as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're so grateful, God, for the opportunity that you give us to establish and build relationships with people that don't follow Jesus. 
God help us to be a light to them, to be a joy and a life source and a listening ear. And God, let us just be the Bible in front of them because God, most of them aren't reading. And so God, as they read us, let us reflect you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, we're, we need a game plan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, just, she was up here. She was up here. She was up here. She was up here. She was up All right. I don't exactly remember how we decided to start, so this is what we're going to do. All right. Here we go. we're, so, we're picking up. Remember, we're going through the book of Ephesians. Uh, we're picking up with Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, and we're going to go into 6 a little bit. What I want to do quickly, and Eric, you'll just have to follow along, and then we're going to go back. I want to read verses 21 to the, yes, 33, 21 to 33, just so you can get the context here, and then we're going to go back, and we're going to, uh, I don't know, have some fun talking about this. It is Today was really fun to just prepare. Yes. And, uh, sometimes yes. Jeremy and I, I mean, you can share this, sometimes... God will put a message on our heart within an hour or two. Um, we can have the outline and just God really have us focus. Other times, we could have 15 or 20 hours in a message. And you're like, you share for 30 minutes. How on earth could you have that much time in it? Yeah. A lot of it goes into reading the commentary, understanding the context that wraps around it. Today was one of those days where it was just so natural. Because we, it's all about relationships. And so it was very, uh, it was easy and fun to prepare, prepare for today. Definitely, definitely. Okay. All right, let's read. Are we ready together? Yes. Um, I'm reading for the new, from the New Living Translation. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, okay? So we are to submit to one another, and then it's going to talk about how each of us, wives, husbands, children, parents, um, when we get to the slaves and masters, employees, employers, it's going to tell us how we are to submit, all right? This is God's ways here, it's his word. We're not gonna sugarcoat it, but we're gonna have fun like talking about truth in a graceful way. So, um, four wives, verse 22. This means submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Okay, just, all right, so just to jump in here. Husbands, do you know that there's another sentence after that one? Yeah. You? Huh? Because a lot of us just want to stop in there. Stop right? Right there. Okay, let's just, let's, let's have a little marriage counseling. We're just going to talk about that sentence. But it doesn't stop. And really quick, it says here, submit to your husbands in everything. I'm actually going to give you... A reason why you don't have to all the time here in a minute. Just so, all right? Well, I see you guys. Let's move on to us husbands. For husbands, this submitting to one another means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, 
Husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must, and notice it doesn't say submit here, and the wife must respect her husband's interchanging submit and respect. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, let's go back to 21 and 22, and we're going to jump in here. So further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So any form of submitting to do uh, we do, first of all, must come out of an attitude or motive of you and I are submitted to God. So Paul is writing to a church here. So if you are here and you are in a marriage covenant relationship and both of you are submissive to the Lord Jesus, we are to follow these instructions. If one of you is not following Jesus, or if you are married and both of you are not following Jesus, you're not going to get the reasons behind this. So the only way this section of scripture works marital-wise is if both of you are submitting to each other out of your submissiveness, your reverence, your respect, for God and his ways because he gave his life for you and so now you are giving your life for him to do it his way that's what the word repentance means and if both of you have made that decision man your marriage is going to work out a lot better so I, I wanted to preface it with that okay? and, and just to speak to that a little bit more is if you're maybe you're not maybe you're here this morning and your husband or wife maybe you're both here and one of you isn't following but you been coming to church and feel God kind of starting to work in your heart, you're trying to understand it and work through it, just know that the blessings will come when you both submit fully to the Lord. Does that make sense? So if you, if, if you feel a little disconnect in your relationship, it could just be that I'm just not fully committed to Jesus yet. And, and that's okay. If you're here this morning, that's okay. Just continue to pray and ask Jesus to, to all you got to do is invite him into your heart. So just know that when you both do that, it's, uh, it's absolutely life-changing. So... Okay, okay, awesome. All right, I think, so, if I remember correctly, each of us, we're going to talk to you wives first, just because the Word of God addresses you wives first, and then we're both going to address us, you husbands out there, second, so do you want to start or you want well, me mine, to? Mine are kind of intertwined. Okay, you're so, intertwined, yeah, so, yeah. all right, that's cool, that's okay. Um, let's pull out verse 22, and let's read 22 through 24 again really quick. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Okay, question. Are there ever times a Christian wife doesn't have to submit to her husband, even though it says in everything there? The answer is yes. Yes. There, is, there are times where 
so why, Christian wives, when are the times where you are not required to submit to your husband? Okay, I didn't hear all of them at once, but this is, I think you are all saying this. <laughs> yes, remember, we, you wives, you Christian wives are submitted to Jesus first. If your husband asks you to lie for him or uh, whatever, any sinful action or way that your husband expects you to be submissive to him, you have my permission and God's permission not to submit. There you go. Um, is communication. 
Okay, so number one is having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Knowing that your spouse is the next one of priority after Jesus. And then to be able to communicate. Because what does um, submission and, and all those things in relationship, how do we grow in our relationships? Through communication. So do you want to have a closer relationship with the person or people sitting next to you? I think most of you do, unless you got seated today where you didn't want to sit. <laughs> Okay, over this way. You looking at someone? Yeah. <laughs> so let's go. Let's take go back to our relationship with Christ. Well, then, how do we grow in our relationship with Christ? Communication. Communication. Thank you. Talk with him. So we all say that we want to draw closer to Jesus. We want to have a closer relationship with Jesus, but we aren't talking to him, right? Through prayer. It's how we talk to him, and he talks to us through the Word of God and through other channels. So again, we communicate with those loved ones around us that we want to grow a tighter relationship with. And I'm going to test you guys just a little bit. Some of you have been married for many, many years. What were those first feelings and, and conversations and communications? What did they look at like when you first started dating? Giddy, right? I mean, you just could not get enough of each other. I mean, just hanging on every word. Your phone... It, Put to the side, you know. But now, what do we do sometimes? As we're eating dinner, or we go to a restaurant, right? If you want to renew your relationship, if you want to revive your relationship, begin to communicate again. Get into God's Word, and He's going to share with you what it is that He's calling you to do. Amen. And there's a whole there's a whole message that can go along with that. But my intertwined is just to say Jesus Christ, spouse, and communication. That'll be a common theme as we go out through today. Definitely. Okay. Um, so some of you were part of the Facebook post that I made this week, and you and guys cheated me out as I. He cheated by the way. I just need to clear this I up. I call it wisdom. Not so, so, I call it wisdom. We get together every Tuesday morning, right? I thought it was really good. It was really good. So we get together every Tuesday morning. He's like, "Hey, how about you ask your wife and some others, you know, get some feedback? I'll do the same thing." I asked him. Right, cool. Cool. That's fair, right? So I'm, I'm like checking out Facebook. I'm like, what? So, I mean, he, that's why he needs to be the foundation. Um, 
You are for your marriage. You are a team. All right? You are not enemies. You are two individuals becoming one married couple. So you're on the same team. Think like it. Talk like it. Act like it. We all fall short at times. But in general, we've got to be heading that way. So really quick, here's, here's, here's just my thing. Wives to husbands, all right? For you wives, if you want to help submit and allow your husband to lead, because husbands, we're to, as the head of our house, we are to lead in the way that God says, right? I'm going to give you a little cheating question, wife, and don't use it this week. Wait till he forgets the message, and then use it a little bit later on, okay? All right? Here's this. When you're needing to make a decision together, and it can be small, large, or medium size, it doesn't matter. Wives, ask your husband this question. What do you think God would want us to do when it comes to, and you get to fill in the blank, and you just let him go wrestle with that? I'm telling you, he's gonna, be a, he's gonna have to go spend some time with God if you ask it that way. But if you just say you need to, it's not going to go over well. Some of you have already learned that. Just like when we tell you wives, you need to, doesn't go over well. It does work both ways, wrong. That's right. So wives, just ask your husbands if you know, maybe it's a financial decision, maybe I don't know. Hey, honey. What do, you, what do you think God wants us to do in this situation? And then just walk in. And then for us to ask ourselves that same question, right? Oftentimes in the middle of something, just pause and say, now how does God want me to answer this? What does God want me to do inside of it? Great, that's right. Great question. There we go. So how's that working? Have you tried it out? Or? No, she's um, supposed to try it. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a week. Now, one, of, one of my favorite comments really quick from, from, from the Facebook thing, if I remember right, is one of the couples that Laura and I just really um, respect highly. And um, she actually quoted uh, Bob and Maria Goff. Some of you know Bob Goff from Oral Study or the book Love Does or Everybody Always, whatever. Um, but she said, if we would spend more time finding out about our spouse instead of figuring them out because when you got to figure something out that means there's a problem you got to figure out and our spouse isn't a problem but if you would just be willing to find out more about them and i thought about this as i was reading it just early this morning i thought what does the bible say seek and you will figure him out or does it say seek and you will find so if we would seek god we would find out more about him, right? And when you find out more about someone you love, especially God, and spouse should be number two, I would hope it would cause you to love them even more. But if you're just trying to figure God out or figure your spouse out like they're a problem to be solved, it's not the same. Yeah. So I just I just love that she shared that and so I wanted to one of the other things to go along with that as we go through any type of study around marriage and relationships, what do we often do? We try and, you know, we're looking over at our spouse, see if they're listening, right? 
Because we're like, hey, are you hearing this? Are you, you got this, right? You, you got it right, so you get the point. Instead of self-reflection. Okay, good. Now, what do I need to be doing inside of this? So, instead of, like to Maury's point, instead of trying to fix them, pray for them and fix yourself. Right? Because inside of a relationship, we're all a little broken. There's still things that we can all work on and improve. So, again, reflection inwardly about what do I need to work on? What can I change inside of our relationship? Because what will happen is if you continue to look at their deficiencies, what I always say, where does your mind spend the most time? It's wherever your focus is. So if you're focused on what they don't do or what they don't have or what they're not doing, you're going to be obsessed by it and you're going to end up picking them apart. Has anybody done that? That's good. Right? You end up, you just spend a lot of time picking them apart. And Alan's a good guy, Rob. Great beard, great shirt on today. Alright, so right? So focus on the positive things. Don't go down that negative path. Totally true, because within all of us, all of us, married or not married, just because there's selfishness that still lies there that needs to turn into selflessness. And it just is. We gotta turn our selfishness into selflessness. One quick, one quick tangent too is um, I want to share this with you. It's about what you're just saying about getting to know your spouse more. How many of you um, know the love languages? Yeah. Are we going to talk about this or? Uh, it was mentioned. Okay. I think you read my Facebook. Post. Oh wow! <laughs> no, several people reference that. So okay. So do you all know what those are? Have you have you done that before? Raise your hand if you've been a part of an online study. Whatever. Just take a look. Okay, so not very many, really, in reality. So the author's Gary Chapman. Look him up. The Five Love Languages, Gary Chapman, if you're not familiar with it. It's really good stuff. It's incredible. I'll just read through. So words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, quality time, and acts of service. You realize that all of us are wired internally to have one of those five things. Like Kylie, for instance, hers is time. Right? Really, it is. It's just spending time together. There's nothing better for her and I to be sitting on the couch watching a movie, whatever, just hanging out together. So again, if you want to know about your spouse, use that. It's a great tool. And then once you know it, apply it. Again, we can come to church, we can study our Bibles, but it doesn't do anything if we don't apply it in our lives, right? So if you want to see transformation inside those relationships, apply those things that you're learning. Okay? Good stuff. All right, verse 25, let's go there. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did, or he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In other words, do you see the motive behind Jesus' love for his bride, the church? It's to make her holy, clean, glorious, beautiful. So husbands, the motive behind our love for our bride ought to be to make her into something, not to make her into something you need or you want, but to make her into something clean, beautiful, glorious, holy. And let me say this. Here's just my one. I mean, I got a few things down, but my one important lesson that I want to uh, drive into you husbands. Um, one thing is, if we are going to love our wives as Christ loved the church, 
then we have to spend time with her. One-on-one -on -one time. Go back to Jesus, and yes, Jesus had the church, but Jesus had his church was a small group of 12 people that he would call apostles that would build his bride, right? And he spent a lot of time just being present with his bride, the church, those 12 guys. You and I, if we're going to love our spouse as Christ loved the church, we've got to make time with her a top priority. It's this verse here for me when I feel like I'm just out of line and not being a good husband, which happens, happens. Yep. is I go back to this verse and I just think about Jesus gave his life for the church, which is us, the people, right? Gave his life. So that's the love and the respect and the compassion that I need to, to show my wife. There's nothing greater than that. So it's a very simple, humbling verse for me to be like, okay, get, get, get in line, Josh. You, need, you know you're out of line. Get in line and start living the way that I'm calling you to live. So great verse for you husbands to reference back to. All right, so husbands, I got one thing that you can use for your wives, too. Remember, wives, I gave you a question <laughs> earlier. Okay, here, husbands, here's, here's yours. Grab a towel. Grab a what? Grab a towel. What did Jesus do when he instituted? Hang on. Hang on. I thought you could say come. Hang on. What did Jesus do before he gave his life for his bride? He was celebrating the Passover meal. He instituted communion. When there was no servant in the home to wash their feet, what did Jesus do? He grabbed a towel and a basin. So this is what I mean by that. Grab a towel. If you need to literally grab a literal towel, do it. Go to your wife and say, how can I serve you right now? That can be a gentle thing that she gives you. That can be something literally right now. You can rub my feet right now. Imagine if you did that. Imagine if you did that on a regular basis. Would that be an investment into your marriage? Would that bear some fruit, ladies? Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm here for your marriage. It's going to help. So, you got some husbands out there like, I'm not touching my feet. There's other ways. If you ask and she requests, now you must serve. Yeah. Because that's how Christ loved his bride. Yeah, and, and whenever your spouse puts something like that on Facebook, right, and tags you in it, you start doing it. <laughs> You know, along those lines, as Kylie said this years ago, and I don't know if it came from Pastor Lou or who it was, but um, pretty much take care of your spouse's needs, and your needs will always be taken care of, right? So think about that. Take care of their needs, and your needs will always be taken care of. And it's so true. The best times in our relationships and our marriage is when we're both serving each other. We're both intentional. And again, it comes back to intentional, right? We have so much stuff going on. But if we're not intentional, we can make things other priorities. And the other thing, we just step back a minute about communication. What happens? There's a lot of communication early in the marriage. You have kids, right? Focus changes. Less communication. Kids grow up. They're out of the house now. 
And what happens? There's a husband over here and a wife way over here that didn't do a whole lot of communicating throughout their marriage. So now, in that next season of their life, of being out on their, their own, or what do they call that? Um, empty nesters. It's an adjustment, right? And, and it takes a little time for that communication to start again. But just think, if you're communicating now as your kids are growing, and the other thing is for your kids to be seeing that. Right? They're watching us. So are we talking to our spouses? Are we kissing on them? Are we loving on them? All those things. Because I want, I mean, I want Jake and Mia to, to seek after a, a husband and a wife that they see those qualities. And Kyla and I love it on each other. Because if they don't see that, they don't see us communicating, then that's going to tend to gravitate toward what they're looking for. Does that make sense? So again, communicate, uh, love on each other right now so that when you are empty nesters, you're not trying to figure it out, right? God can renew that. There's no doubt about it. But how cool is it not to have to worry about that and already be connected? Do it now. Lauren and I were just talking about this. And we, I mean, this, this kind of points to the type of relationship we have. And it's, it's not perfect by any means, but we're talking about that time when we're empty nesters because it's not terribly far away for us. And we're not like this. Gosh, what are we going to do? We're, we're like this. We're going to have more money. We're going <laughs> to have more time. We're, gonna, we're like excited because what we're, what we've been, we're saying and agreed upon is we get, to get, we get to do more of what we're doing now then instead of worried about, man, we're not going to be close because we poured all of our attention into God, church, and our kids and nothing into our marriage. But we are intentional about pouring into our marriage also. So, it, yeah, I'm excited about yeah. I mean, I can wait. I can wait. <laughs> Me too, very much so. One other thing, real quick. So, busy, he said something about busy. Busy can stand for being under Satan's yoke. Okay, make your spouse a priority now. Don't let life get in the way. Number two, what was the second priority? spouse, right? Each other. So don't put everything else in front of that. And I know, I mean, I feel God just on me right now, even some conviction, you know, just about kind of looking at me like, oh, are you listening? So seriously, like if you feel God's conviction, husbands and wives, reset, hit that reset button, right? Flip the switch. Um, the other thing I was going to mention a minute ago is how good does it feel to laugh? Isn't it amazing what that, that emotion that God has put inside of us, isn't that such an energizing feeling? So have fun with your spouse. Laugh. I think Sarah put something up here a while back about that. Laugh, not laugh at each other, okay? Don't laugh at each other, right? But laugh. What do you enjoy doing together? If you don't have a hobby or something that you do together, figure it out, right? And the other side of it is, is you both have to give a little, right? So Kylie may not want to go play golf, but every once in a while she will. I don't really care to go shopping, and she doesn't either a whole lot, but sometimes we will. She loves to sit on the couch, me to rub her feet, so sometimes I will, right? <laughs> My point is, is you've you got to get some common ground, laugh, spend time, have fun together, because laugh, laughing is an emotion that can absolutely renew your relationship. Okay, right, let's go to verse 31. Are we out of like 1.30 today? Because I got a lot of stuff. Oh, I that's like, right. oh, oh, just kidding. No. Just kidding. All right. Um, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. So now I want to just, we talk wives and husbands, and now there's, you know, 
us. There's we, okay? Uh, united into one. This is a great mystery, verse 32. But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So as much as Josh was talking about, it's important for your kids to see you, husbands and wives, loving on each other and, and being kissy-kissy at times and laughing and, and reading your Bibles and all those foundational things. It's important for them to see it. It's important for those people that aren't following Jesus that know you as a couple see it too. In fact, God says here in his word, marriage is a mystery. And we're all going to say a big amen to that. Yeah, it's hard to figure out. But it is something, it's an illustration of how Christ and the church ought to be interacting with each other. Guys, you get the role of Jesus. Perfection. Ladies, you don't have to be perfect. Because you get the role of the church and we're not perfect. Kid, guys, we don't have to be perfect, but we need to be on a road that's leading us to become more and more like Jesus, who is perfect. Good point. And don't raise your hand. Just internal question or internal response is men, do you feel like you're leading your family right now? Don't raise your hand. Just ask yourself that question. Do you, do you truly feel like you're leading your family? Okay? If you do, awesome. Continue to lead in a godly way, right? That's the real question. If you don't feel like you're leading your family, ask God how to teach you yes. to lead your family. Okay? And what I'm blessed with is having incredible friendships and mentors and Christian brothers and sisters around me to help teach me. Okay? So again, internally, if you feel some conviction today around that, then guess what? We get to change our mind and take action around it. Okay? Ask, ask God just to show you one thing. God, I mean, just you and Him, alone in your prayer time, God, what's one thing I can start doing to lead my family better? Yeah. Just one. And wait and keep meeting with them until He reveals that to you. That might be through someone else. That might be through when you're reading the Word, but Keep putting yourself in a position to hear from him. And then just apply it when you hear it. Yeah. It really is that simple. And take on, like Jeremy said, one, or, one thing or so, right? Just pick out one thing. Because in something I call my fresh start daily reading that I read and remind myself, sometimes I can have a list of so many things that I need to improve upon. Well, what happens when you have this great big list? You feel overwhelmed. You're like, where do I even start, right? Pick out one thing. Start doing it. That'll create momentum in your life. You'll start seeing some changes then pick up that second one continue to do that okay all right okay let's go on Ephesians 6 you parents and you children how many uh how many uh children do we have in here that are still living at home no matter your age okay yeah, I see you guys in the back all right hey this is for you are you ready children yes that means you teens after 18 or 13 or 3, children, if you're under your parents' roof, obey your parents. Why? Because you because you belong to the Lord. Again, Christian children, if you're here today and you say, yes, I'm a Christian, by submitting yourself to God, you're submitting yourself to earthly authority, which is your mom and your dad. Um, you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother, 
This is the first commandment with a promise. Ready for the promise? If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Amen. Amen. Now, I understand there's always those exceptions out there. Let's, let's not go to the exceptions. That's not what Paul is referring to. He's saying in general, kids, if you do your best in the Lord to obey your mom and dad, things will go well for you. Because it's the right thing to do. Because you also belong to the Lord. I just, it says it all. Obedience is evidence of love. And kids, especially you teens, if you don't tell your mom and dad you love them, at least show it by being obedient, because that is evidence of obedience. What did Jesus himself say? He said, if you love me, then you will. You know that scripture? It's a red letter. It's a command. Jesus even interprets obedience with you showing him love. So, kids, we know what it's like to be children of God also. We are to obey God because we love Him. You are to obey your parents because you love them and you belong to the Lord. And the promise is, things are going to go well for you. Not perfect, well. And when we're obedient parents, right, that's the key. We have to be obedient and show that as an example to our kiddos. So they're not only obedient obedient to us, but who? To Jesus Christ, right? And then that personal, there's nothing better than to see your kids have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When they, when they have their own, again, personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it's the best thing to do. There's nothing better. Nothing. Okay. Uh, kids, follow me quickly. I give you permission not to obey your parents if they ask you to do something sinful. Okay? There you go. That's it. That's all I get. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take that any further. That's right. That's right. Um, all right. Ready to move on to yeah. six four? Yes. Uh, why are late moms? You're you're off the hook here. What's up with that? Uh, moms are right because you moms you're, you're special. Moms are special. Moms are special. Fathers. Do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. The only thing kind of I have down here for, for us dads is this. A lot more is caught than taught. I believe in formal times of teaching and instruction. I'm not great at it. I do believe in it. I've done it. But I'm even a bigger fan do my kids see me praying and reading my Bible and treating my wife the way I should treat my wife? And again, I'm not perfect in those areas, but they're going to catch on more to what they observe, not only to what I say. I learned a lot from my dad growing up, a lot. And it's not just because he sat me down, this is how you do everything, you do this, you don't do this. I just observed his life because I lived with him. He was present. He was there. And so I, he was around a lot. Dad, you get what I'm, smell what I'm stepping in? <laughs> you know, just being around, they observe you. That's showing love. But again, you, you learn, they learn a lot just by watching you. And so just know they're watching. I kind of had three things that I wrote down. Say yes more. 
was there to share that with me some time back. Say yes more. Because, and I struggle with that because oftentimes I still to this day, Jake or Mia will ask me something and my immediate response is no. Like before I really even think about it, I just well, I don't know all the time. But it, whenever I heard that, I'm like, wow, do I do that a lot? And then as I start to think about it, I'm like, I do. So say yes more. The other thing I wrote down is a balance of truth and grace. Right? Truth is, hey, you didn't pick up your clothes, you need to do that. But also grace, because I've messed up too. And then the other thing was, was time. And uh, I wrote down three uh, quotes this morning um, that got from my heart just through a study. These, these three things. So, like a tree is blown by the wind over and over, it becomes bent in the direction that it is blown. So a child is bent in the direction that he observes his parents. Isn't that interesting? So think about that. The other one is everything we say, this is incredible. This, this is incredible. This, these are from Jimmy Evans. Everything we say and do affects our children and grandchildren for four generations. So let me just, easy math. 400 years, okay? Generations, right? 100 years, let's say. 400 years, what we're doing right now affects who sit next to us in three more generations. Incredible. And then this one. Our relation, relationship with God and our spouse creates happiness and security for our children. And we've said that, but to read it and see it and be like, that is exactly what they need, is security in their lives. To know that they're loved, they're appreciated, they're cared for, and to show that through God's word. So, okay, ready to wrap up? Praise and worship, come on up. You guys are going to have to work around this up here. Uh, the next part is, and I'm not going to read through it, but uh, 5 through 9 talks about relationships. And I guess go to verse 7. I, I want to, this is the verse I want to share. <coughs> work with enthusiasm. Actually, let me see. What, okay, and I'll tell you. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. I'll step down here so you guys can this room. Uh, and what I want to share there is I do my job every day, and I realized many years ago that I do my job for the Lord, okay? Because guess what? Sometimes the people in and around the, the environments that we have, work or school or whatever it may be, may make us mad, right? They may not be kind to us. They may put us in a situation that we're not comfortable with or don't like. But if I'm working as though I'm working for the Lord all the time, then I'm going to be serving Him with every ounce of energy and enthusiasm I have because He is the one that I serve, okay? So the biggest takeaway inside this set of verses, always know that you're not working for a man or a woman. You're working for the Lord, okay? Let's stand and praise God this morning.